0: All right, we're back. Sorry, I got a phone call and I had to delete some stuff, and you know. So you're gonna hear some little dead space at the end of freaking part one, but we're back. I was gonna delete and start all over again. You can't do that. You just have to go with it. I thought this was interesting. I just uh, Steve Serby from the New York Post said it: forty-five million per year. New Year's new dollars. Patrick Mahomes' will average salary is twenty-two point seven percent. Of the league salary cap, the QB with the highest league cap percentage to win a Super Bowl is Tom Brady in 2018 with 12.4%. They always say when the guy gets a new contract, they stop winning Super Bowls. But one of these guys is going to have to change the change the program on that front. Somebody's going to have to show us that they can win with these with the big contract. And I I I feel that he's going to change things. I feel like he's a different quarterback, a different breed. He's going to do it. He's going to make it happen, and it's going to be a good thing for. Sports and not, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched about it. And I'm supposedly, I might be able to see the Griffey doc. I'm trying to find it. I'm That was on MLB Network, which I can't find anywhere, which is pissing me off. Yeah, I was like, God damn, can we get this shit going? You know? And I want to see UFC next weekend, 251, but the money's going to be too high, and I was really excited about watching it, but that's not going to happen. So, hey, what are you going to do? And Garrett Temple thinks... He said this is a moment too big to let let things slip. And, you know, uh, he said too big to let slip, too important to not capitalize on. And, yeah, the the conversations, you know, he said, you know, with what happened with George Floyd, there's different, you know, and people are reacting differently to it. And I feel, hey, listen, you got the... He goes, as black men, black people in America, this is an everyday struggle, so the way we can utilize those two, three months in Orlando to continue to push the narrative, to have it fresh on people's mind, is something we can do in terms of keeping it on people's minds. We can really utilize our bubble and ESPN and Turner to help us push that, that narrative. Good. I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm fine with that. He's an M- uh, NBA P- Players Association VP. Uh, took uh, Costa calls not only with the union, but with players and teammates. And after the you know, voted to sign off on the restart. He goes, he wasn't surprised about Irving, you know, to doubts and reportedly lobbied for a player's boycott. This is big time. This is so different. It's new to everybody. A lot of people have had second thoughts. I'd imagine more than half of the players that are going have had second thoughts, so I wasn't surprised. He said, it was good. You know, you got you to gotta talk this, you got to talk it through. Players talk, you know, we need, we need to talk about situations like this, whether it be a union meeting or if we can't do that, a Zoom call, as long as we keep you all off it next time. So, his fiancee Miss USA 2017 Karen McCullough is due with their first child in September. Being in Orlando, Orlando will keep him away for, for the late stages of her pregnancy, although he'll leave the bubble for the birth. He goes, I'm coming back to see my first child being born. That's not even in the, quest, uh, in the question. He said, passing generational wealth along to that child and building it in the black community as a whole has been a major talking point for Temple. To whom much is given, much is required. So if I do what I'm supposed to do with that wealth, I'll feel an obligation to give to causes that I strongly, that I feel strongly about. I can then pass those same values on to people and they can help more and more communities. That sounds to me like simple way of talking, you know, you do this, good things happen and all that. Yeah, I, I, I like this. And he said Nets head activist and CNN analyst Van Jones speak to the entire organization He said one thing he was saying was We want you all to keep playing You all are some of the few black people in America That have a little bit of money So we don't want you all to stop that But his biggest thing to us was to continue to have Home as black men Black women in America That does That he does see a change in how things are going To have home as He said, much different from the George Zimmerman with the Trayvon Martin. Nobody seemed to care. Back then, it made me angry that it was so foreign to so many people or people just didn't even pay attention to it. He goes, fast forward eight or nine years later, it seems like people are finally starting to care about unarmed black men being brutalized by the police and black Americans in general being marginalized. So the biggest thing I could I see is the difference in how that has affected. And everybody is trying to help. All, all valid points. Listen. Yeah. Listen, all good things. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, here to stay. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, I would say yes. You know, good points. Listen, the said, you know, you, you guys make a lot of money, and the money could be used to help the cause and everything, the play. And as long as they have all the barometers in place, parameters in place to protect these guys, then go for it. I mean, look at Nick Cordero, healthy guy, Broadway actor, gets sick, 94 days in the hospital. They amputated a leg. They keep saying he was going to come out. Then they said he was going to get a double lung transplant. And bam, that's the end. That's the end of that story. That's really fucking sad. That is really sad. Yeah, it just, yeah. Yeah, just not good at all. And no fans will be at the Memorial Tournament instead of the original 20%, uh, 20% capacity. Yeah, th- everything that's going on now, they got to keep the numbers down. And I wanted to see what the guys made for the tournament because my cousin Teddy, his, his granddaughter, went to high school with the guy who finished second in the tournament. And I, I was like, I, I kind of want to see... Yeah, delays and temp, t- unforeseen delays. How do you have unforeseen delays in testing? The whole thing is to play baseball, you need to have the fucking testing in place. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, good for him. I broke Nikki's Michigan. Oops, sorry, I said her name. I, I broke her... Uh, I broke her Guinness uh, magnet for the uh, for the table. For the uh, thing the the refrigerator. I was pissed. I backed up, bam, gone. Scotty Pippen thinks that Jason 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 Tatum's ability to carry them offensively, that he's ready to be the best player of a championship caliber team. All right. Right now. Scotty pays, Scotty, Scotty's played. And now Deshaun Watson is supposed to be the next guy to get paid, and JJ Watts said he's ready to get paid. I don't think he's gonna get four hundred million, but he will get money. I love what Bubba Watson said. I love what Bubba Watson said. Yeah, so I was looking, and I know I wrote it down. Okay, yeah. So Bryson DeChambeau, who's now been made the favorite to win every one of the majors coming up, he made one point three five million. And Matthew Wolfe, who went to Westlake Village High School, is that what he went in California? He finished second. He went to Oklahoma State for a year, dropped out because he won a tournament. Not a bad payday for one for uh, for four days eight hundred seventeen thousand dollars. It's a lot of sh- lot of shekels. Now. All good stuff. Nick Markakis will not be playing. 36 years old. Listen, do whatever you want, guys. I know Joey Bumbles loves when the players keep dropping out. I just watched this documentary, Student Athlete on HBO, which talked to a bunch of athletes going from some in college, some out. One kid started at Illinois. Bruce Weber got fired, and then he ended up going to play at Bradley. Had to sit out a year. And in high school, he was the number one rated. He could do everything. six, eight, you know, dribble down, shoot everything. He, well, he ended up getting degenerative um, discs in his back where now he's 23 years old. They said he is going to have, if he doesn't get this corrected, he's going to be in trouble the rest of his freaking life. So I wanted to look up, I wanted to get the kid's name right. And I love the I love the ter- term student athletes anyway because student athletes it's like student athlete. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So there the were there were student athlete. Okay. Yeah, the kid's name was Mike Shaw. So Mike Shaw graduates from Bradley, and they said a lot of kids. You know, they have the whole the whole city, the whole town. You know, rooting for them. When they when they fail, things don't work out, it falls on them. Well, he dropped out of college. Here he was. He's at a, he said he had some side stuff going on once he graduated college, but he really didn't. And a year later, he's cleaning up garbage at a park, and he actually went into a psychiatric institution, and he's having a lot of mental health issues. And that's kind of, you know, athletes, we don't talk about that stuff, but you know, the kid who went to Washington State ended up killing himself and you hear about more and more athletes you know dealing with mental health issues that aren't talked about and this kid, it was it was sad to read about him he was one of the he was one of the stories in the documentary this was this was from 2018 another one was a kid named what the hell was that kid's name Silas Nasida so this kid went to play at Baylor walked on ended up scoring a touch the first touchdown in the new stadium Baylor stadium he ends up he's Couch, couch surfing because he really has no place to stay. He can't really afford the college, so some kid's parents offer to pay his you know room and board. Well, the college finds out about it. NCA finds out about it, and they freaking fire. They they got rid of him. Boom done. End of story. He lost all his eligibility. He couldn't play anymore. I think he couldn't get. And then he decided to try out for a a Borders a game which would a uh, college. Uh, graduating or eligibility used up college players. Some play, I forget what they did it. some, I forget where they did it. And it was a bowl game to try to get, you know, CFL and others to look at them. So it ends up, he can't play in the game because they said he only, you have to have, you've had to pl- play at least three years of college ball. He only played two. So it ends up all the scouts left and they let him go in. He scores a winning touchdown. It ends up at the end of the end of the documentary, he's playing over in Germany, which looks like basically division three football. And that's low-level Division Three football. But he said his dream is to get to play in the NFL. And he's a shifty back. You know, he's a good running back, whatever. He was one of the guys. Another guy, was, which was this kid played at a, Shamar Graves, played at Rutgers, wide receiver. He talked about that he basically was taken out of class every day because that's how many schools looked into him. He, he played a freshman year. He ended up getting in the Bears camp, and he went down, and he tried to play it off that he wasn't injured, but he was. And now it's, twenty. It's it's I don't know, five years later, he's still trying to get into, he, he went to a Philadelphia Souls uh, in the arena football. Like he went to a, like a open tryout. Well, he said it cost him $360. $80 just to register when you get down there, which is great. You know, I mean, I know everybody has to make money. He said, and he had to need it in two days. And that's what, he was working basically from 4 a.m. till 10 o'clock at night and a guy was talking to him, a former Robert Turner, who was a former football player, PhD, wrote a book on sports. He's in the documentary also, and was saying you're working 18 hours a day, seven days a week for how much? He goes like 1,500 dollars. Like he starts off at one at a, he worked at, in the mall at 4 a.m. one one store. Then he went to teach in a school. Then he had football practice. Then he went to another job at another mall. Then he worked as a. Yeah, football practice, another job Then he went to bounce And then he, he would sleep in his car in between stuff Sleep in his car And it got so bad, he was living, you know So he finally got picked up by a uh, Arena football team at the end Where he was making his p- Base pay was 130 bucks. But he said he was still in the game I mean, that's, that's how much these people love the game You know, and John Shoup uh, So, yeah, so Shamar, Graves yeah crazy so he was playing with the high country grizzlies at 30 Still, still wants it still like a dream and, and they talked about it how you know the athletes were just like considered it was it felt like a form of slavery you know we were a piece of meat he said when you go with a pro day they're like oh look at that guy's legs look at that. and he said you felt like you were a piece of meat, which it is listen if you watch the combine they just they measure them they they they're just lined up like cattle but lined up like cattle, all of them. Just lined up like cattle, and that's what it is. And you're looking for the best piece of meat. Which is a nice way of saying it. But so he was interesting. And then who else was I reading about? Oh, then there was a former coach at UNC who was there with Butch Davis when they were having that African American studies program. So a lot of kids were taking those classes, but they ended up the classes were a sham. He worked in a Butch Davis, he got fired, they all got fired. And John Shoup talked about that he got a bonus, which he didn't know was in his contract, for a high GPA. So you would put these kids in these classes knowing, you know, that they would get the high GPA, and that was it. You know, they went through, and you got your bonus. And, you, you know, you, you're supposed to care about these kids, but you really don't. You're just trying to get, keep them eligible so they can play. I mean, Jalen Rose says, I didn't get, they didn't bring me to Michigan for my, stu- they brought me to play basketball. They didn't bring me for my study habits. And there's athlete students. It's, it's, it's sports is first. It really is. You know, it really, and you can say whatever you want, but that's the truth. And that his wife called his pay hush money because, you know, you you keep quiet about things. You know, that basically his salary was hush money. And he said when he got to Purdue, Purdue, he became more of a student advocate. He said, listen, if you could get paid so you could help out your family, 100% of the kids said yeah. And there were some numbers that I was reading about that, you know, there, there was some interesting stuff during the documentary that I was like, I took some, it was directed by uh, Charmaine Obeid Chinoy and Trish Dalton. So the former, this was Walter Byers, who was the chief executive director of the NCA, 51 through 88. He said, it doesn't take any great genius to understand that what was real in 1956 can hardly be remembered in the gross commercial climate of intercollegiate athletics today. That's what he said. And I attribute that to the neo-plantation mentality that exists on the campus of our country and in the conference offices and in the NCA, and that the reward, be- and that the reward belongs to the overseers and the supervisors. It's overseers and the supervisors. And what uh, who, who's the the head of the NCA now? He you know he made it sound oh you know they they get a free education and all this shit and that's what everybody says. But basically they're there to play sports, especially the big games. You know the. That, that's what I, you know, listen, they're a billion-dollar industry. Yeah, Mark Emmert talking like, he's a fucking politician. It's a billion-dollar industry. And that's what they told Josh Hoops, you know, when he, you know, you know, his coach, when he was at Purdue that year, he ended up fired because they lost to Indiana, which is their main rival. But he also feels that he was talking a little too much. You know, he was a proactive, uh, you know, like a uh a student advocate, but one of his his coach said during early in the season, he said, you can't fight a billion dollar industry, and Troop says you can, but you'll lose. Yeah, it, 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 you know, and a lot of these, a lot of pressure on these kids to make adult decisions at 16, 17, or eighteen, you know, and also this is colleges. A lot of these kids are top earning potential. Once they leave college, that's it. So when it's over, how do you deal with it all? How do you deal with losing it all? And then there was a kid, Nick Richards, who played at Saint Patrick's in New Jersey. And His mother talked like a leave school after a year. But, you know, you see some kids, and they don't have that burning, you know, they don't have that that fire in their eyes. He came to Jamaica. He said he didn't even know about basketball before he was 14. And then he was the number eight prospect in 2017. He thought it was silly that he, stupid that he had to announce his college decision in front of everybody. He goes, can I just sign a piece of paper? Seemed like a very nice kid. So he went, he's going pro this year. He, uh, he had a breakout season where he was named first team all SEC by the AP and the league coaches. He averaged, uh, he increased his uh, 10 points from his sophomore year to 14.0, started 30 to 31 games. The Wildcats won 25 and six SEC regular title before the postseason was canceled. He also ranked fourth nationally in shooting at 64% and made SEC all defensive squad with, with almost eight rebounds a game and two blocks per game. Hey, let's, let's hope it works out for him, but it was a really interesting documentary. And if you, if you, if you get a chance to watch it, there was some other stuff that I wanted to talk about. In 1964, while Byers. buyers the executive director of the NCA coined the term student athlete so that the athletes would not be classified as employees. They are employees. Let's be honest. They are there. And they said if the NCA paid their athletes the same portion of revenues as the NCAA, NBA pays its players, Nick Richards would make $1.4 million when he is first year in Kentucky. That was based on the methodology, method, methodology in sports economics by David Berry. The money these schools generate. For, per per, it's it's and now it's it's definitely gonna be affected, and black men make up nearly fifty six percent of NCAA football players, sixty six percent of men's basketball players, and three percent of undergraduate students. That's from a UPenn Center for the Study of Race and Equity in Education. Crazy, right? And an estimated seventy eight percent of Division One athletes sustained injuries that restrict p- participation. 60% report chronic injury. And in the 2016-17 academic year, 91,775 men played NCAA college football and basketball. Only 303 were drafted by the NFL or NBA in 2017. Yeah. That's nothing. Now, I, I'm, I'm, that's. Yeah, that's less than 1%. Right? Can someone help me out here? 91, 10 would be 90, 90, yeah. That's, it's that's, that's very small, SML. So it was a great documentary, I really liked it, I highly recommend it, and today, Althea Gibson made history by defeating Darlene Hart to become the first African American woman to win Wimbledon. July 6th, today's birthday Zion Williamson, Paul Paul Gasol, Manny Machado, Sylvester Stallone at 50, 50 Cent. Sylvester Stallone's birthday today. How about that? Yeah, lowest ratings ever. Yeah, listen to this. So, you know, Trump I was talking about with Bob Wallace, Tyler Reddick who drives the number eight Chevrolet for Richard Childress Racing, said we don't need an apology. We did what we was right, and we will do just fine without your support. The president, the, what the press secretary said, the president's merely pointing out that we've got to let facts come out before we jump to judgment. Oh, okay. News has been there for a while. And NASCAR ratings on Fox have increased on in the sports return from a shutdown. According to uh, Michael... Mo Vilhill, Fox Sports Executive VP, head of strategy, is up up 8% since returning from the pandemic hiatus on May 17th. Good. That's all good, right? You know what? That's all I got for today, folks. Let's get to the trivia questions. All right. All right. So today's trivia question. Fastest Dodger with hundred career, career home runs. Cody Bellinger did it in four hundred one games. Most receiving yards in first five years in NFL history. That's, that's today's trivia question. Most receiving yards in the fir, in first five years uh, in their first five years in NFL history. Who had the most receiving yards in their first five years playing in the NFL ever? And you're, whoever you're thinking, you're wrong. All right, Bubba Wallace, I got your back hundred percent. Redskins, you need to change your name. Indians, Francona says it's 105 years, time to change. Okay. We got to see what's going to happen. But don't be bullied by a man. Do what you have to do, folks. That's all I got. I'm. <clears throat> have a good day. Peace out.